We are learning Daf Mem. We're starting from the very bottom of Lamites and the base. The Gemara tells us a story. Again, we're learning about Bikar Kolomir. Rav Chabo Chalash, Rav Chabo was Gatzik, Nafak, Achrez, Rav Kahana. So Rav Kahana went out and he told everybody, Rav Chabo Bayish, Rav Chabo was sick. Lo Ika Tekaasi, but nobody was coming to visit Rav Chabo. Samuel Rav Kahana told the people, Lo Kachayim Asi, isn't this Mamish the story? But Tamar Achrez, Tamar Achrez, there was once a student from Rav Kiva's students, Shachala, he got sick, and Lo Nechnesu Chachamim Lavakro. The Chachamim did not come to visit him. Nechus Rabbi Akiva Levakro, for Rabbi Akiva himself, personally came to visit him. Because they swept and the dust settled before him, that's how he actually got better. So in other words, what happened here is that Rabbi Akiva is coming in and he's seeing that nobody was attending to the patient's need properly. It was a very dusty room. So he was telling people how to take care of it, how to sweep, how to, how to water the floor to make sure that it would be in better conditions for the patient. Amalo, the student said to Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi um, Hakisan, you're giving me back my life. That's where Rabbi Kiva came out and he told people, you know, we see from here, anybody who doesn't visit the sick, it's as if he spills blood. And in this mindset, we really see where the Iker Nakuda of Bikr Cholim is the examination, the Bikor, not the visit itself, but the examination, making sure that the needs of the patient are attended to. Says the Marquez Rabdimi Amar, Rabdimi came from Eretz Israel to Bavel. He said, Same similar idea. Someone who visits the sick causes him to live. However, he continues, Someone who does not visit the sick causes him to die. So the Gemara says, In what sense is that true? My grama, in what way is it a cause for life or death? So the Gemara says, Maybe he'll tell me that Rabdimi means that someone visits a sick person. So what's the idea? Who's going to visit? Someone who wants to, wants to see good things happen to the patient. Therefore, the, the person visiting will come and daven to Hashem that the person should live. And this is another aspect of Bikr Cholim, which we see in the Gemara, that the assumption is, is that it precipitates a tefillah from the Mavakar towards the Chola. So then maybe that's the idea that the Mavakar is a Chola, the reason he causes him life is by coming in, it will inspire him to daven. Well, Davin and the tefillah will help the person to continue to live. And what would the other way be? does not visit the sick person. What's pshat? Probably he doesn't like the person. He dislikes the patient. And therefore, he'll probably be davening to Hashem that the patient should die. That would be the interpretation. But that's unlikely. Why? Is it true that just because you dislike a person and you don't want to be Mavakar Chola for him, does that mean you're going to pray to Hashem that the person should die? Meaning that's very extreme. Just because you're not going and visiting him doesn't mean that you have such negative feelings that you're going to pray that the person should die. So therefore the Gemara revisits it. But a person does not, whoever does not visit a sick person, it means that he's not going to be praying at all. He's not going to pray that he should live because... Um, because you, you're, you're not knowing what's going on in his matziv. You don't know how sick he is. You don't know what's going on. And also, he's not going to pray that he will die. He's not going to be davening at all. And therefore, what you might, might, it might end up that it's a cause of the sick person to die. Because had he prayed, and it was a good opportunity to daven, then Hashem would have been makabal tefillah, and he would have been, the sick person would have been lived. So basically, we're saying, someone is mavakar the chole, he cares enough to show up. So calming in, you might see the situation, it might inspire you to do tefillah, and the tefillah may cause Kaddish Baruch to give him more life. Whereas if you don't come, so you're denying that opportunity to have that inspiration for tefillah, and that might be the cause of, of death to come. Now, there's a fascinating Ran here. It's unclear exactly where the Ran is picking this up in the language of the Gemara. But the Ran is meaning Medayik and the Lashon, that is that there's actually a time when it, it is befitting for a person to pray that a sick person die. And he brings a Gemara in Subas where Rabbi was in a lot of pain. 
the Amos of the Rebbe, where the Rebbe's made from Rebbe in a lot of stomach illness, and the whole world was offering for Rebbe to stay alive longer. And he, she actually said, no, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should take Rebbe's life. If he was suffering right at the end, then there is a concept of davening for a sick person to die. The Ran has been dying. This idea from the Gemara, though, again, it's not entirely clear from which language of the Gemara the Ran is coming from. But al Kopanim, the, 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 the top, the second to top Ran here, Dibar Masalim Mavakish discusses that there sees such a concept in the Gemara. But al Kopanim, what we're saying is when you have a sick person, it's good to go and to visit him. It will inspire a person to daven. So we've seen that it takes away, it takes away part of their uh, 60th of their illness. We've seen the idea that you tend to their needs and you see what they need. And now we see another aspect of Bikar Cholim is that it's the inspiration for tefillah. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yomakad on the first day when Rabbi would get sick, Amalahun, he would tell people in his house, Lo Tigalavinish, I don't want anyone to, to find out about it. Why? The Lolis Ramazal, didn't want his mazal to be worse. In other words, at the very beginning of a sickness, it might just be telling the mazal, and the mazal might switch. So it's also possible that it'll get sicker. So we say that actually the more that it's uh, concealed is the better, and it's easy for the mazal to simply switch. But from then and on, if the, if, the, if the illness is going stronger, so it's not just mazal, he really needs a refua. So Amalahoni would tell the people, please go out and announce in the market that I'm sick. And that is good. Why? And because whoever hears about it will end up being good. Gold is suddenly lechli li. Whoever doesn't doesn't like me will will rejoice over the fact that I'm sick. What does the pasuk say? Ben fall ayevacha al tismach that when your enemy falls, you should not be happy. And the pasuk goes on to say that the, the the idea is that Hashem might see that you're happy about your friend's downfall, and it will and, and the idea is that it will, Hashem will turn the tables. So basically, somebody else rejoicing over. Over, over, over the downfall of Rava will actually end up causing a benefit to Rava, ironically, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu will reverse it. With the Rachamli, and whoever likes me, that certainly will be good for me because it will cause them to daven to Hashem to heal me. So that was Rava's practice. In the beginning, it was just possible that it was just Mazel, he would conceal the, the illness, and then as it got more persistent, he would publicize it so that either people would rejoice if they didn't like him or they would daven for him if they did Says the Gemara Rav, "Come the Bakras of Cholin, needs a medinu shagadam. Anyone visits the sick is nitzel from the din of Ganim. Shenemar Asher Maskel Kol Dal Biyom Rai Malta Yosham. Praise with the one who is Maskel Dal. He thinks about the needy person. On the day of evil, Hashem will deliver him. What does that mean? So first of all, in Dal Achola, the poor person is a sick person because the pasuk says, 'Midala Yivatini.' So we see this is talking about a sickness and Dala. That's how Hashem is going to end the person's life. You know, I'm holding crowd a different pasuk. Maduatakacha Dal Benamel Paboka Paboka. Why he's so sickly? The king mourning after mourning here. This is talking here." Um, about uh, the son Amnon, the whole story over here, how he, got, how he got sick because he really wanted to marry the half-sister Tamar. So Al-Kopanim is talking about sickness there, and it refers to it as Da. And in Ra'al Ganim, the word evil is always a reference to Ganim. So we see that the idea of a wicked person is punishing Ganim. That's all part of Hashem's praise, the Pasuk is saying. So we see that going back to that first Pasuk, it says, praise be to the person who's thinking about the sick person on the day of Ganim, Hashem will deliver him. So we see that a person who does be kacholim and safe from Ganim. Someone who does visit the sick, what is his reward? So Gmar says, what do you mean, what is his reward? We just said, what's his work? He's spared from Ganim. So Gmar explains, we mean to say, what reward does he get here? What is his reward that he gets for the person that he visited? <clears throat> it's a very interesting idea. Maybe it's only Olam Abba. The Gemara says, assuming no, that Bikar Cholim, not only is it saving from Dinah Shogahanim, there has to be some tangible, best, special benefit that a person gets in this world as well. The Gemara cites Psukim, which back this up. Hashem Yishmeri V'yachayev V'ushav Aretz. Hashem will guard and restore his life, and he'll have fortune in the world. He will not fall to the desire of his enemies. So what does this mean? Hashem Yishmeri, or that the protection of Hashem, it means from the Yitzhar, V'yachayev and restore life, from suffering. 
will be fortunate in the land. Everyone will have pride in this person. He won't be over to the desire of his enemies. It means he'll have good friends. And uh, by having good friends, they will protect him when he is low. Like, what, what is the example? Like Naman had, just like in his friends of Naman who, who, who healed him from his disease. They shouldn't have bad friends. Like Rechavim did, who ended up splitting the kingdom. So just to know the story a little bit, Rechavim is the son from Shlomo HaMelech. After Shlomo dies, and uh, Rechavim goes, um, and he's, he's made into a king. And the big Shiloh is how he should tax the people. Shlomo HaMelech taxed the people very heavy because he was building the base of Mikdash, so on and so forth. And the new people said, oh, a new king is here. And they specifically requested that they shouldn't be taxed as heavily and that they would be very loyal to him in return. And there was a whole thing. He wasn't sure what to do, what to do because of this. So it says in the Psukim that he asked the older people and he said, what do you think? And they said that, uh, yeah, you should lighten it. You should lighten the taxes. He asked the, the older people and he said, what do you think we should do? And they said, no, 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 you should, just the opposite. You should get harsher with the people, tax them even more, uh, even more heavy. And basically at the end of the day, the people didn't believe in Rechavim after he taxed them more heavily. And that's what caused uh, the civil war, the split between Malchai Yehuda and the Malchai Yisrael. So when you have bad friends, that's his idea. He had friends who gave him the bad advice to continue taxing people heavily. And he listened to them. So that ended up splitting his whole kingdom. Tanya says in the price of Shemuel Lazar Omer, the Gemara turns it into a general rule. If you have a debate about whether you should build new or destroy from the old. So you have the, the, the youthful people are telling you it's the time to build. Older people are telling you it's the time to demolish. Shemal is again about Tishmal Yaladim. Better to listen to the olders and not to listen to the youth. Go with the experience. Shebinyan Yaladim stira. The irony is what the youth build is really demolishing, meaning it's going to end up being bad. Ustiras again, and when the, when the destruction for the elder people opinion is actually going to be a beneficial thing. So this is a very interesting idea that sometimes you know taking a step back, one step back will actually be beneficial in the long run, and just taking one step forward will be detrimental. In the classic case, the Simon Ladavis Rachavim and Shlomo. The way you remember this is the story with Rachavim and Son of Shlomo. You want to continue building, you want to tax too much, then it ends up people rebel, and then you have no taxes at all. As if you if you would take one step back and, and not tax as heavily, it would end up with more taxes. Says the Gemara, she should the A person shouldn't visit a sick person. not the first three hours of the day, not the last three hours. Only in the middle. Why is that? The visitor should not give up hope on Hashem's mercy. What is? And we want him always to be locked in and focused that he needs Hakadosh Baruch to help him. So the idea is First three hours, it's never as bad. So basically, the visitor comes in, and as we spoke about the Bikr Cholim visit, one of the Ikri central points for it is that it should inspire the visitor to daven for the patient. So in the first three hours, the sickness never seems as bad. So if you only pay the visit then, during the first three hours, the visitor might not think it's so bad, he's not going to daven. And the last three hours is the opposite. The illness intensifies. And it might seem so bad that the visitor thinks the situation is hopeless. And therefore, he's also not going to daven. So we want to have it in the middle, in the middle, where it seems serious, but not hopeless. And therefore, the speaker holding visit should be done in the middle part of the day. We have an idea that Kaddish Baruch Hu sustains the sick person. We know, you know always that the sick people don't have as much of an appetite. That Gemara views that as an idea that Kaddish Baruch Hu is sustaining them. Shem Emer says in the Pasuk, Hashem Hashem fortifies him. I'll err the vay on him, on his uh, sick bed. One more idea that there is the presence of Hashem, the Shekhinah is on top of the bed of a sick person. We have this idea that the Shekhinah is present with the sick. 
Because of that, you have to be careful and respect the Shekhinah when you visit the Chola. Someone who's going into Bimbakar Chola, you shouldn't sit on a bed, not on a bench, not on a chair. You should, because again, the Shekhinah is here. Uh, so so, so if, if, if you have a situation, the sick person is, is, on a, is on a low bed or on the ground, and you're sitting higher than the Shekhinah, which is at the patient's head, that would be disrespectful. Rather, he should wrap himself in a cloak and sit on the ground out of respect to the Shekhinah. Okay, so now once we mention things from Rav and Marav, the Gemara is going to mention something else from Rav and Marav, which is a complete and total tangent. Absolutely nothing to do, forget about Vikar Cholim, nothing to do with Nidarim at all. So let's just understand a little bit first of the geography and then the halacha. So there's a river called the Euphrates River, the Nahar Paras. And basically, it's, it's there between Eretz Yisrael and Babel. And what happens is, a Babel is a lower than Eretz Yisrael. So when it rains or the snow melts in, in higher regions and everything comes down, it's going to come down, it's going to flow through this river. And it's going, the river is going to be increased from all of these extra, all the extra flowing here. Um, that's the basic idea. Okay, now one more introduction is that there's two ways that a person can immerse themselves. A person can immerse in a mikvah and a person can immerse in a mayan. The difference between the two is that a mayan is natural water, not a gathering of water. And the idea of that is, is that it's spring water, it's natural. It's not rainwater, it's not which comes from Shemayim. It's naturally that the water is there. So the din is that when a person is, is doveling, is immersing in a mayan, in a spring or pit water, it naturally has water. So there we say that it doesn't have to be still. It could even be flowing water. It doesn't have to be all gathered in one place. Even if it's like, you know, like a river where it moves with the current and so on and so forth, that's okay. A person is able to be tovel in a mayan. And you, usually that's what a river is. It's fed by natural springs. It's not rainwater. That's usually the way that it is. And therefore a person should essentially be able to be tovel uh, and immerse themselves and become tar in a river, despite the fact that it's moving, it's not still, but that's fine. Because as long as you're talking about natural and spring water types of sources, it's not an issue if the waters are moving. However, then there's another type. There's a type of tahara, if the person becomes tar in a mikvah, only in gathered still water and contained in one place. And that works even for rainwater. So again, the basic you say it is rainwater could be matar. However, it's only matar in the form of mikvah when it's gathered in a still specific location. Then there's another concept of other waters, of spring waters, natural waters, which could be matar even, which could be matar even when they are moving. So the shy ladies, could a person be, go to the mikvah in a river? So if I'm sure that the, the river is contained mostly of natural spring water, then I could. Even if there's some rainwater which falls in, it will be nullified to the overall general amount of water, which is natural spring water, and you could go to the river even though it's moving. But if most of the water in the river at one point would become rainwater, then you won't be able to go to the mikvah there. And the reason is because then it's rainwater. It's defined by the remote, by the majority. And rainwater, you can only go to the mikvah when it's a collected one still place. So the question is, what's the Euphrates River? It's very no game for the people in Bava. The Euphrates River, yes, on the one hand, it's naturally fed, but on the other hand, there might be tremendous amounts of rainfalls which come to the world, and then everything flows down. That rainwater will flow down to the Euphrates River, and at some point, maybe the Euphrates River is mostly rainwater. If it's mostly rainwater, you can't go there because it's not still water. So the Gemara says, Rav Rav and Rav, Mitzvah rain falls in Eretz Yisrael, Saad the Rav The way you know that there's witness that a lot of rain came is that the, the Euphrates River will become much bigger. So the point is that the rainwater in Eretz Yisrael then flows all the way down to the Euphrates River and it can become um, loaded up with rainwater. 
That is the point that we are making, and we'll see that then it's going to be an issue with going to the mikvah there. A river is increased from its source. Meaning to say, it is true that the rivers might be swelled a lot during the rainy season, but you're assuming that the pshat is that the rainwaters uh, and the flow of the rainwater is what's making it so much bigger. But the truth is, it's not like that. It's really come, that really what's happening is that the springs, the natural springs are increasing more. Shmuel says in, in Mesech is that every tefach of rainwater that falls from on top, Actually, what happens is the sources, the, 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 the springs are making two tefachim on bottom. Meaning, if it's true that the rainwater is flowing in, but you know that more spring water is coming from its source. So even if you see a tremendous amount of swelling in the river in the rainy season, so you're tempted to say, oh, it must be loaded up by a tremendous amount of rain. And therefore, if it's mostly rainwater, then I can't go to the mikvah here. Shmuel doesn't agree with that. Shmuel holds that the metzias is that when there's a ra- lot of rainwater flowing, but then there's also more spring water flowing. So therefore, you're always guaranteed if you go to the mikvah, in a river that, you're, that most of the water is spring water. Says the The truth is that Shmuel himself contradicts himself with something else. He said, "Damar Shmuel and Amayim at times Zochlin. Water does not purify when it is flowing. Ella pras unless it's like the Euphrates River. We made Tishrei Bilvad only in the days of Tishrei. Meaning he's saying if you want to go in a flowing water, a flowing body of water, you want to go in a mikvah, it has to be like the Euphrates River where you know always has a strong source of springs that you're you're not. It's not something which dries up easily that you can be concerned as rainwater. And second of all, it's only during the days of Tishrei. Why? As the days of Tishrei, that's the lowest level that it would get from rainwater. Because by that time, even the snow is already melted, so there's no runoffs into the river, and the rainy season hasn't yet begun. So then you can be assured that there's more spring water than rainwater in the river. But any other time during the year, according to Shmuel, we're not sure that there's actually more uh, spring water than rainwater, and therefore you can't go to the mikvah. So there's two statements of Shmuel which contradict themselves. On the one hand, Shmuel is telling us that what's the science that a river is increased more from its natural sources than it will ever be from rainwater. According to that statement, there shouldn't be any issue with going in the river at any point during the year. Even when, the, when, when it's swelled a lot during the rainy season or when it's melting in the rainy, the snow is melting still in the, in, the, in the summer, but you don't have any issue because you always know there's more spring water. The Gemara is saying is that this second opinion from Shmuel that you can only go in something like the Euphrates River during the days of Tishrei, that is arguing. The Gemara says... When it came to Shmuel's father, he made special mikvos, meaning he prepared special collected pits of rainwater uh, for his daughters to go and be Nisan, for his daughters during the days of Nisan, who must be Tishrei, and mats during the days of Tishrei. So, meaning to say, what we're explaining is from throughout the winter when it's cold, they would go in the indoor mikvos in their house, and when it was warmer in Nisan, and they would want to go outside. So he would still make outdoor mikvos. He wouldn't let them just go in the in the in, in the river. Why is that? Because of the concern that maybe all the winter rains had caused the river now to be mostly rainwater. So he was mocked on that, that they should only go in a mikvah, maybe an outdoor mikvah, but only go in a mikvah the whole spring and the summer, only at the very end of the summer in Tishrei, when now we can be assured that, that, that the rainwater is not a rove in the, in the river, would he let them go in the river? When they would go in the river, so he would put mats down, and the point of the mats going in the river was that the mud at the bottom of the river wouldn't get in between their toes and become become a chatzitza. So basically the point is, is that you would never let them go in the river unless it was during Tishrei, during Tishrei to make sure there wouldn't be a chatzitza. From the mud, he would put mats down 
And, uh, but for the rest of the year, he would only be allowed to use mikvahs. That's the point, which works very well with the second statement of Shemuel. So bottom line is, we have a huge machlok, so if a person can go into a river and assume that they're going to a kosher mikvah. Because the shaila is, is it rove rainwater or is it rove spring water? Big machlok is lahalacha. How it is that we pass in a big machlok is lahalacha. And the Ramah says that they, back in after bottom line halacha, is that if there was no regular mikvah, then it's something to rely on Rabbi Nudam and Bimatra to go in the river year round. But again, it's definitely not better to do it as long as there's a regular mikvah which existed.